The new 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Thank you so much for being with us on Sunday morning. If it's Sunday morning in America, then it's time for Money Wise. Money Wise is brought to you every Sunday by USA Wealth Group. You can find us at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And we have some wonderful guests with us this morning. We're going to be talking about a subject that's been so much in the news lately. And it's basically, what do you do when you need to have somebody uh, give care in your home or care for an aging parent, for example, or somebody with disability? What do you do when you need a caregiver? So we have two special guests this morning, one who's been on a few times before. So let's say good morning to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning to you and good morning, everyone. Tenny is a well-known attorney in the area. She's affiliated with Lance Law, Inc. And Tenny, you do work mostly in what areas? Well, we started out doing estate planning primarily, and we've grown from that to doing elder law and uh, Medicaid protection, those sorts of things, because the elder population is having more issues with how to care for mom, and that's the topic of today, I understand. It's not only how to care for mom and how to care for dad, but I think one of the most important things for every single person listening today is that if you are incapacitated, and I asked you the question, would you like to be in a nursing home? Most people are going to say, no, I'd like to be in my own home for as long as I possibly can. I want to be in my own comfortable surroundings, my own environment. Maybe you've got pets at home, things of that nature. But what do you do when you need care? Well, we're very fortunate this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that we have a very special guest with us, Laurieanne Rule, and she's director of a local program called Visiting Angels. So, Laurieanne, welcome. Thank you. Good morning to you. Good morning. Welcome to MoneyWise. I want to tell you right off the bat, ladies and gentlemen, that I was really impressed to look at the background that Laurieanne has. For more than 30 years, she's been a healthcare professional. She's one of the original hospice founders in the, the United States. We're going to talk about hospice. And, well, let me just ask you, Laurieann, hospice is really about staying in place and having somebody to take care of you really at the end stages of life. Would that be accurate? That's correct. Um, they normally look at the lifespan of six months or less. And um, I'm happy to say that not only do they cover care in the home, but they also will cover care in hospitals and nursing homes. Okay. And we might actually push your microphone just a little bit closer. Is that necessary? No, not necessary. Good. Um, well, Laurieann has had an extensive experience managing psychiatric hospitals for eating disorder patients in Chicago. Um, you've worked with um, managing home care and physician practices. Correct. So you're very experienced at dealing with the professionals that actually go into the homes. That's right. And I'm happy to say that we do a lot of training and uh, good selection to make sure that we are putting appropriate candidates in the homes. So you're the chief angel at Visiting Angels. <laughs> Would that be an accurate description? I love the sound of that. That's great. Good. That's a new title for you. You're no longer director of Visiting Angels. You're now the head angel. Wonderful. We I'll get take you a, on that responsibility. We'll get you a sign for your office. Uh, 
Lorianne has received an award for uh, Outstanding Woman of Achievement in Business by the Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. She's received an award for community service, the Claude Varney Award for Community Service. She's received citations from the Massachusetts Senate and House of Representatives, recognizing her particular achievements in hospice. You know, hospice is very personal to me also, Lorianne, because my father had hospice care at the end of his life. I see. He died at an age about a year younger than I am right now. Mm. He had cancer. Uh, He served in the military for 20 years uh, in the Marine Corps. He saw very active um, combat service in World War II in the Pacific, uh, fighting the Japanese, and then he also fought in Korea in the Korean War. And I've often wondered what kinds of chemicals and things was he exposed to that might have contributed to his cancer. He also served several times at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, where I also lived as a dependent. And recently they've announced that they have major problems with severely contaminated water. Unfortunately, they haven't extended any medical care for dependents, and I was a dependent living there. I haven't experienced any issues. But for servicemen who are actively stationed at Camp Lejeune and exposed to contaminated water, um, cancer-causing agents, um, if they have certain kinds of symptoms, then they're receiving full medical care. So, But at the end of my life, my dad had cancer. Uh, he had one kidney removed, um, and they thought they had everything taken care of, and then the cancer recurred. And the last few months of his life, he wanted to be at home, and he was, and he had hospice care. And hospice care is very important. It's somebody coming to your house to take care of you and attend to your needs, but basically allowing you to die with dignity in your own surroundings. Correct. And so you've had a lot of experience working in that area. Could you tell us a little bit about what you've done in helping to be one of the original hospice founders? I'm I'm curious about that. Um, We were originally involved through the Newton Wellesley Hospital with the Brown Study that uh, was quite extensive, and it uh, researched 11 of the hospices in the country to determine if it if hospice really was a thing, um, could it be quantitated? Could mm-hmm. it? Um, what kind of quality would be in existence? So uh, we worked with them and the study, and then what happened was we then presented that to the United States Congress um, to show there should be rules and regulations around it and that they also should financially support it. So I worked a great deal with the Office of Management and Budget to crunch the numbers to make sure that they understood Mm. um, that it would be a benefit. And in fact, at that time, um, the average, you can tell this is a while ago, the average ICU cost was $1,100 a day, and our hospice care was running about $60 a day. Mm. So needless to say, the government saw the benefit pretty quickly. But you've been involved for a very long time, and... The benefit from the patient point of view is you get to stay in your own surroundings. Absolutely. And as I said, you pass away with dignity. And I initially started out as a psychiatric social worker, so Mm. I did very much hands-on care in hospice originally. Well, you have great, great experience, and I know you're also a graduate from University of Massachusetts in healthcare management. Correct. So what I want to tell folks listening today is that I think you're working with Visiting Angels based out of the New Bedford branch 
is a, a, a very impressive thing for folks in this area who might need to have care at home. Where is your office located? We're actually located uh, at 838 Rockdale Avenue in New Bedford. Okay. And if somebody wanted to reach you and reach the office, is there a phone number they could call? Sure. It's 774-425-3083. So this is on Rockdale Avenue. I know where the office is. I've actually been there before. And I know uh, Mr. Glenn Machado, who's the owner of this particular location. But Visiting Angels is actually a national organization, isn't it? It is. It's uh, nationally known, but it's uh, locally owned is what we always say. And there are 500-plus agencies now throughout the country and 21 of us uh, located in Massachusetts. Wow, that's impressive. You know, I want to mention that the subject of how do you take care of somebody who needs care um, has been so much in the news and in the media lately. Uh, Just last October in 2017, there was a complete cover story article in Consumer Reports and it's called Who Will Care For You? And it goes into a lot of detail about various things such as uh, nursing home care and assisted living care. But they also had something that was fairly impressive. They had a, uh, a chart that showed what care cost state by state. And, Tenny, I want to come back to you in just a moment, Attorney Tenny Lance, and talk about um, the cost of health care and the cost of home care, the cost of long-term care is exorbitant. It is. It's It's amazing. So here's something that probably most people don't know. The most expensive state in the country right now for the cost of care is the District of Columbia. The second most important, the second highest cost is the state of Alaska. Guess what state is the third highest cost of care? I bet it's Massachusetts. It's Massachusetts. (laughs) So congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You happen to be living in the state of Massachusetts where The cost of taking care of somebody who requires nursing home care, assisted living care, uh, end-of-life care is the most expensive, third most expensive in Massachusetts. But also, we have to be grateful that Massachusetts has probably the greatest level of care also, both medically and psychiatrically, as as Lorianne was speaking about it. We're very fortunate to have good medical care here. Well, we don't only have good care in Massachusetts. We have the best care in the world in Massachusetts. That is absolutely the truth. You know, for right. example, the Boston-based hospitals are the best in the world. People come literally from foreign countries to come here for the best care in the world. So we are blessed that we have the best care um, in the country and the best care in the world. There are other good places, obviously. Tenny, I want to mention something that um, – is happening on Saturday, August 18th. Um, There's a program that you're putting on, and I'm going to participate in it as well, and it's called a Brunch and Learn. It's going to be held at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth at the large conference room that's there. It's a combined presentation by Lance Law, Inc. and USA Wealth Group. And the topic is learn about Medicaid and how to protect your home from the nursing home. And then another component is learning about key 2018 tax changes and how it impacts your finances. So it's a Brunch and Learn Saturday, August 18th, 10 o'clock in the morning. And there is limited seating. It only accommodates about 20 to 22 people. If you would like to attend, you must make a reservation by please calling 
800-800-8800, Brunch and Learn. And it's related to the topic we're talking about. Um, Tenny happens to do a lot of work in the area of Medicaid planning for people going into a nursing home. Medicaid is not typically a source for uh, care at home, is it, Tenny? Well, it can be, and it's becoming uh, a better-known source uh, through what's called the Home and Community-Based Waiver Program. Um, it's it's a, a difficult name. It's the waiver that Massachusetts had to obtain from the federal government in order to use Medicaid monies to care for people in the home. But it is possible to get qualified caregivers to come into the home if uh, if that is the best alternative for the patient. So that might be a possibility. I wonder if you get involved with that at all, Lorianne. And my other question to you that I don't fully understand is hospice a category and um, your organization a a provider of the service? Actually, um, what ends up happening is we rely on the local hospices. So they take the lead, we fill in the care. And what do you mean by uh, the local hospices? I'm not aware of what they are, and maybe the listeners aren't either. Well, I'm not familiar with all of them, but I know that the largest one is out of South Coast Hospital Systems. And so what would happen is the physician will prescribe the care. The hospice will go in and do their assessment and determine what's actually needed. And then where the fill-in people, because hospice will put in nursing care, social services, spiritual chaplaincy. Um, But many times what's needed is that extra care so that the people in the home feel comfortable. And um, we come in then and we offer the family respite. That's very important. Um, I'm now in the process of doing a Medicaid application for a client. Um, There were five children in the family, but really only one was providing a great deal of care, and she was absolutely worn out. If nothing else, she needed some time off, and that respite care is critical oftentimes. It certainly is, and um, what you're talking about is pretty typical. We find in most families there's one leader, and then there may be someone else that pitches in. Part of what we do is negotiate that with the family. We Mm. try to chunk it down for them so everyone's not having to do everything But if we can get someone to make the doctor's appointments and we can get somebody else to take um, mom on a visit someplace and, you know, follow up on the phone calls, then it it becomes manageable for the family. And we seem to get more participants. Yes. Well, if you're a caregiver, one of the things you have to have, obviously, is patience because you're dealing with people who are in crisis or in need. So here's my first quotation for today. Have patience. Remember how you will want someone to treat you when you reach the time when you need a caregiver. Absolutely. And that's we've, we've talked about patience a lot, Ray, haven't we? I, I like to give <laughs> quotations on patience, but patience is not necessarily a virtue which I have. It is not. <laughs> well, one of the little jokes that we always share um, with our caregivers, um, the primary caregivers in the family is, um, remember your mother taught you how to use a spoon. So I really think that you you can have a little patience with her now. Absolutely, sure. It's so tough because, uh, particularly with cognitive uh, situations, 
Uh, they don't understand what the spoon does, and they can't get it from exactly. the food to the mouth. Exactly. I have to give you a, a Yiddish proverb. God gave burdens. He also gave shoulders. Yes, hopefully broad enough. Um, it is certainly um, a tough situation in our country uh, for caregivers that are also working and taking care of their own children and now in the need of, of taking care of parents. It's very, very tough. Well, if you're listening today, uh, you're probably experiencing some of these issues in your own family or know a family who is. And this morning we're talking with attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law, Inc. And we also have as our special guest Laurieann Rule. Uh, from Visiting Angels on Rockdale Avenue. Their phone number, if you want to reach them, by the way, is 774-425-3083. And I want to just give you some further information about what is this problem that we have. Um, There's been so much in the news about it lately, but the fact is that people are living longer. Medical care is keeping them alive longer, but they also reach a point in time all of us will at some point in time when we need help with something. That's right, and that's when chronic care steps in. Mm -hmm. And I really, no family can be completely prepared for that, especially when the debilitation mode kicks in with the chronic care. Tenny and I both went through issues with our own mothers. My mother went to a nursing home in New Bedford, and then she was really functioning fairly well for a while, so we went to assisted living after that. And then when things got worse, she was in a nursing home again at the Masonic home in Charlton, Massachusetts. Um, And because of my Masonic background, she was able to get into that uh, operation fairly quickly. Tenny's mother went through the same thing. You went through a facility in Fairhaven. I forgot the name of it. Gee, I don't remember the name either. It was a cooperative housing um, I just won't remember the name, but it was a it was a wonderful place where Our you La- had your own room. It wasn't Our Lady's Haven because that's a no. Home. It was across the street from there, though. Okay, and it no longer functions. Um, and then she went to a nursing home, and then Tenny and I uh, are working full time right now. But we were working full time then as well, and we still had children responsibilities and so forth. And it's the that decision- san- it's that sandwich generation exactly. Yeah. And then the decision was made that. Maybe she'd be better off in North Carolina, not only for the cost, but the fact that uh, Tenny's brother lives in North Carolina, and he could be more attentive, and there were other family members there as well. So uh, she went down to North Carolina. But at the time, I remember thinking, here's Tenny and I practicing law, lawyers, we're dealing with all these issues for clients, and it was such a struggle for us, even with our background and our experiences, to face these issues for our own mothers. I can't tell you how many people tell us that. They can be nurses and doctors and social workers, and it just changes completely when it's your own. And what's ironic to me is that I now have a situation in North Carolina where my brother needs care um, physically, and my sister-in-law needs care um, psychologically. And he's facing another operation, which means that I probably will need to go down there again just to make sure that his wife is safe and sound. Tenny, uh, Tenny's brother had back surgery, um, what, maybe six months ago, and she went, April. Down, yep. she went down for two weeks to take care of not so much her brother, 
because he was out of the hospital fairly quickly, but to help take care of his wife, who really is having more and more difficulty uh, functioning. And um, it was very beneficial, but now all of a sudden he has to have the back surgery again, and his wife has to have a a shoulder replacement. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, they're in their early 80s, and so these are the crises that happen. Can we just talk briefly, uh, Laurieann? We're talking with Laurieann Rule from uh, Visiting Angels. What exactly does Visiting Angels do? When were they established and so forth? Do you coordinate services or do you provide services or both? We do both. Okay. Um, it was founded in 1998 out of Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And um, they've done extensive research and they before they even put it out to a franchisee um, situation. Um, the kinds of things that we do is what you call ADLs, average day, daily living mm-hmm. assistance. And so that can amount to changing people, um, transferring them from bed to chair, chair to bed, um, toileting them, um, making sure that they're getting their meals and sustenance. As you know, a lot of elders don't want to eat. Uh, They've slowed way down on what they'll eat and what they'll drink. So we're there as reminders um, to make sure that they're on track. Right. Um, And it's not necessarily 24-hour care. It might be that somebody needs care for a few hours a day or a half a day or something right. like we that? Right. We do both, actually. Do both? Okay. Yeah, we do do both. Um, many times it's – most of our shifts are around four hours. But um, And sometimes we do a morning wake-up and a bedtime tuck-in um, because mm-hmm. that seems to be the most difficult times of the day. Okay. Who pays for your services? How are people – paying for this service? We are all private pay at this time, except for long-term care insurance, um, which reimburses the family, and we do all the documentation for the family so they can receive that benefit. I'm going to put a quick plug in for long-term care insurance and say that long-term care insurance um, is not what it used to be. Very few people have it anymore. It's very costly, and um, Tenny has long-term care insurance policy, and she just got a second notice of a second increase. She got an increase last year, uh, John Hancock long-term care policy, and she just got another notice that it's going to go up yet again. And next year as well. Well, and that's – I'm sorry. That's why we've pointed out, you know, what's ended up happening with the gross national product with health care. You know, they know that there will be a 20 percent minimum increase by 2025. So – as those costs are going up, of course, insurance is going to nab you on the other end. So one option that we offer actually at USA Wealth Group, and you can reach us at 508-998-8858, you can buy a life insurance policy today, which will have long-term care triggers. So the life insurance covers you because you know at some point somebody's going to die and you get life insurance coverage. You may or may not need long-term care, but if you do, the more modern policies are now being designed so you can actually activate the death benefit early and use those funds to help pay for the long-term care cost. And if anybody wants information about that, give us a call. I want to give a quick reminder again about the Brunch and Learn program that's coming up on Saturday, August 18th. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. It will be done at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And the program is going to be to give some explanation about how Um, what the Medicaid rules are that Tenney does a lot of work with, and how to protect your home from the nursing home cost, how to protect your assets ahead of time, how to pay for things. And then I'm also going to be addressing some subjects on the 2018 tax uh, bill and tax changes. 
you'd like to attend, please call uh, Lance Law, 508-998-8800, and tell them you'd like to make a reservation. And we've got so much to talk about, uh, even in the second half. Um, we haven't even begun to talk about the problem, but this is something that has been so much in the news, not only this very detailed story about who will care for you in Consumer Reports, in just this past week, there's an article called The Millennial Caregiver on August 7, 2018, Wall Street Journal article. When we come back in just a minute, we're going to talk about this article a little bit and what the high cost is for individuals who don't have the time, the money, the, the experience to take care of an aging parent, for example. And visiting angels is certainly a solution for that. So we're going to talk more with uh, Laurieann Rule, the director, the head angel from Visiting Angels. I think her name is Gabriella. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Teresa. <laughs> right. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, we won't go that far. But stay tuned. We're going to come back in just a minute and talk about what do you do if you're a caregiver and what are your options, and maybe there's some better options and alternatives. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. We're so happy to have you with us. Our topic today is a very important subject of who's going to help take care of you or who's going to help take care of your elderly parent when they need care. And although we have options of having nursing homes and long-term care facilities, they're very expensive. And guess what? Most of us don't want to be there unless we absolutely have to. Most of us listening today would rather be in our own home. And that's what we're talking about today. Our special guests this morning are, first of all, Attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law. Welcome back, Tenny. I thank you. I'm glad to be here. And we also have with us Laurieann Rule. She's the new director of the Visiting Angels Program Special Branch on Rockdale Avenue in New Bedford. Welcome back, Laurieann. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. And Laurieann has an, a really impressive background. Laurieann, let me ask you some more questions about the visiting angels. And basically, you not only can coordinate care for somebody, but you can help actually place people in someone's home to help take care of a Correct. parent, let's say. And we also, we do work um, in assisted living situations and nursing home situations because okay. many of our um, clients, as you know, institutions have a staffing protocol. Mm -hmm. And when it's getting close to the end of life, um, family members are wanting more hands-on care. They mm -hmm. don't want a nurse to check in every two to three hours. They really want someone with their family member holding a hand. That's a good point. And, and helping. And so we're the extra eyes and ears and hands-on care in, in both those kinds of facilities. So that's really interesting. So you have the ability to have people actually go into a hospital or a nursing home. Absolutely. And provide an extra little level of care right. that maybe they can't get because of the normal protocol of when nurses check in on patients. Right. Or assisted living where there really isn't any regular check-in. Exactly. And that's very important to have that extra care. And it, um, allows, the, it allows the patient, uh, the client, to stay longer in the situation. You know, right. we never had the situation where people would go into a nursing home and then be able to come back out in assisted living. We now have that opportunity. And with our extra hands-on care, it's even more of an opportunity. I have so many questions. 
Um, do you provide skilled nursing as well as regular kinds of care? We do not. We're not. We're a non-medical assistance company. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But the hospice care is so important. I have to tell you, Laurieann, my story about my father and the last words that he spoke to me. He was in hospice. I've told this on the radio before, but I have to tell it once again. So my father was in the Marine Corps, and I was in the Marine Corps. And when we parted company, we would always shake hands, give each other a hug, and I'd say, Semper Fi, Dad, I love you. And he'd say, Semper Fi, I love you. And I saw him last a few days before he passed away. And he was sort of in and out of consciousness in bed. I didn't know whether he could hear me. Um, when it came time to leave, I grabbed his hand, and I just held his hand, and I said, Semper Fi, Dad, I love you. And he said, Semper Fi, son of a bitch. <laughs> Those were his last words to me. He was and, not happy to be dying, and I just, soul. But I, I treasure that. I just Absolutely. treasure those words. It's what? amazing what the final moments of the final days can be like with a hospice patient yep. and their family. And I always say, they always hear you. He was a right. tough guy right to the end. So I want to give you a quotation from Rosalind Carter, really neat lady. There are only four kinds of people in the world, those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need a caregiver. That's right. I'm going to give that to you. Thank you. you. Keep in your own business. So this is a wonderful service that you offer to um, help somebody who may be working and needs somebody to sit with mom, get her a cup of tea whenever, help her to the bathroom, all those sorts of things. But you say you work only in the last projected six months of life. Is that correct? No, that's just hospice care, when we do hospice care. That's the hospice oh, piece I understand. Of it. Our, okay. our services um, can kick in at any time with I a senior see. citizen because oh, they can need anything from just um, taking the clients to their doctor's appointments. You know, that's something very difficult for um, a younger caregiver that's working full-time. How do they make those doctor's appointments? How do they keep up with it? So mm-hmm. we can do something as simple as that. So what what area towns does Visiting Angels serve? I, I know you're in New Bedford and Dartmouth and Fairhaven. Yes, we're in Swansea, Somerset, Fall River, Westport, Fairhaven, Mattapoisett, and Lakeville. Good. Not Dartmouth? Yes, Dartmouth. Oh, I thought you okay. would say Dartmouth. I had mentioned Dartmouth myself. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And um, I'm, I'm just curious, why, why did you decide to join Visiting Angels? You know, because I had done hospice work for so long. And I had done institutional work also. But I really appreciate the hands-on caregiving. And I knew that it was a good match for me. And of course, I was delighted that hospice care is also part of our system. But to get back in and and be doing hands-on care and working with uh, our caregivers, that it's not a job for them. It's Mm -hmm. an avocation. And um, they're just really great people. Let me um, go a little further to understand how you function. So usually there's one contact person with the family and one contact person with visiting angels, and then the care is coordinated between them. Is that it's how it actually, works? Yeah, it's actually one person is coordinating and all. They're a case manager. And that doesn't – and obviously there are the caregivers. I get involved with um, – Every week to two weeks, I'm in touch with the family to let them know about the progression. Good. Okay. 
Well, that's really good to know. I do want to mention before we run out of time on the show um, a couple of really important things. As I mentioned earlier, there's been so much in the news lately because this is a growing, significant problem. We haven't even really scratched the surface probably on the baby boomers who are going to need the care. Absolutely not. It's a little scary, actually, I have to say. It's very scary. Mm -hmm. So there's an article uh, just this past week in the Wall Street Journal on the millennial caregiver. It was in the August 7th issue. And basically it talks about as our economy gets continues to grow older, more and more of the millennials are taking care of the adults. And it's really a burden. Uh, you use the word you're sort of in the sandwich. Sometimes you're taking care of young children, but you also have a parent that you have to take exactly. care of. If anybody wants a copy of this article, um, give me a call at 508-998-8858. and be happy to provide that. There's a statistic that I'm looking at from the Family Caregiver Alliance that says more than one of six Americans now are working full-time or part-time and are still giving up to 15 hours a week of care to someone, uh, an elder person, not just their children. It, it's just um, an amazing um, I don't want to call it a burden, but it's a responsibility of that sandwich generation. It is, and that's why one of the components that we give care in is respite care. It is so important because, as you said, these people are raising families and they're also working full-time, and they need a break too, whether it be to go to the hairdresser, whether it be to make their own doctor's appointments. Go to the um, beach. Go to the beach, go away for a vacation. We cover all those needs. Well, the number of people that are going to need uh, care is just staggering. Uh, In the next 35 years, it's projected that the number of people who are going to need home care, in-home care, is going to increase by 84%, while the supply of caregivers is only projected to grow by 13%. So it might be a career for people looking for work. It absolutely is. That's why we're doing a lot of our – we go to um, career centers in the colleges. Um, We have some nice college students that are sophomores and juniors in college right now that are going to be going into the helping professions, and, boy, they're really getting their feet wet with us. Well, it's important Mm -hmm. to take care of your family, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's really the bottom line. Michael J. Fox, the actor, said, family is not an important thing. It's everything. And Lee Iacocca – who ran Chrysler, a very famous businessman in this country, said, no matter what you've done for yourself or humanity, if you can't look back on having given love and attention to your own family, what have you really accomplished? That's so true. So a lot of people have chimed in on this subject. I want to mention there was an article in the Wall Street Journal again recently uh, in July, the very end of July, and it's called A Tech Test to Keep Seniors in Their Homes Longer. And We're not going to spend any real time on this. If somebody wants a copy of this article, I'll be happy to provide it. It's not talking about putting cameras in homes to spy on your parents and see how they're doing. But you might have that as an option. For example, I've got some security cameras in my own home, and I can check in. It it beeps me when my cats are running around the living room, and (laughs) I can go live and talk on a microphone. And, you know, it's it's really excellent. We do a lot of uh, long-distance caregiving. So we have lots of people that are in an hour or two away from mom and dad or they're in other states. And so that's, that's a great attribute to have. There also used to be a, a commercial on television everybody laughed at. It was 
I've fallen and I can't get up. Right. But those are the lifeline, com- those, and many of our many of our clients do have those. But those are important devices, aren't Absolutely, they? Absolutely, because we're not there all the time, and neither is the family. So, if a crisis comes up, it's certainly better for them to use their their button mm-hmm. than to be found sitting there for five hours until sure. someone gets to them. And I've had that happen. I've had that happen just this la- a year ago. Not this year. Not this current year, but a year ago. Um, there was a woman in an area town that fell outside in on snow. Her husband was at work, and he came home and found out she had dragged herself into the oh house. My. She had a broken hip, and she was lying on the floor. She couldn't get to a telephone to call, and she was hours on the floor. She um, ultimately uh, passed away from that and from some of the uh, unfortunate treatment that she probably received because she went to... Um, two area local hospitals and a nursing home. She contracted a staph infection, and she died from the infection, not from the injury. And just think, if that device had been around for her, what sure. would have happened? She would have had much faster Absolutely. care. Absolutely. Yeah. So these things are really important. You know, Tenny, one of the things that's critically important is that people have to prepare ahead of time. I got a call just yesterday from somebody asking, do I have a power of attorney? So if I'm I'm starting to get a little fuzzy in making decisions, I want to make sure that if I have to make a business decision, I've got somebody with the power of attorney. You've got to have documents in place, don't you? Oh, we talk so much about that. It's absolutely important for everyone to have a durable power of attorney for property and a health care power of attorney so others can make decisions for you if you're not able or not interested anymore. Um, without those documents, you would be facing a probate court situation to get a conservatorship or a guardianship, and it can all be avoided if you have those documents. We'll talk a little bit about that at the Brunch and Learn that is scheduled for next Saturday at our office, August 18th at 10 o'clock in the morning. And if you would like to attend and hear more about some of what we're talking about today, please call 508 508- Nine nine eight 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 zero zero. Yeah, that's a good reminder, and that's just next Saturday. You you mentioned um, we try we talk to all of our clients about a medical proxy, healthcare yep. proxy. Everybody should have a healthcare proxy. They should have an end of life decision so people know Absolutely. what decisions yep. they want to have made. It, it's. When a crisis occurs, that's not the time to be trying to make those decisions. Oh, absolutely. So we try to get them to plan as soon as we walk in the door. It's too late. What happens is if you haven't done documents ahead of time to let people know what kind of medical decisions you want made or who you want to make decisions for you, then you go through a guardianship sometime. We had uh, that come up recently. Um, By the time the person had finally been willing to – let go of some of the issues and let someone else handle his health care, then he was challenged in court about his competency. Sure. And that, you know, if we had just been able to get him to do it six months earlier, it would have been much easier for him. Yep. It resolved itself very well, but... Sometimes if it's a borderline question, Tenny, I know what you do is uh, you go in and get a medical doctor's letter saying the person has enough capacity to know what they're signing, don't you? That's correct, because these documents, uh, at least the power of attorney for property needs to be notarized, and you really need to have enough competence to sign the health care one as well. Um, since this is such a huge crisis in the country, and I keep telling people that 
the elderly are not being treated very well right now in our country. Uh, there has been some legislation that has been filed to provide for an expansion of the Family Medical Leave or Family Leave Itself Act. Um, do you think? Do you know anything about this, uh, Lorianne? I don't, but it's long overdue. Yes, um, you I, know, I can give you a little bit of information on oh, that. Actually, it, it did pass the Senate in Massachusetts. It did pass the House. It was signed into law by the governor. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and that was this just has just happened the in the July? last last month, roughly. Yeah. So it is in effect. I'm not going to talk a lot about it. Um, we actually are just getting a copy of it right now, but. There is something called the Family Medical Leave Act, and it's going to reach down to even small groups, um, small employment groups. When we have more particulars about that, we'll talk about that on the radio. That would be a good Wonderful. topic at yeah. some point. Yep. Yep, it will be. Um, there's a lady named Tia Walker who's written a book called The Inspired Caregiver, Finding Joy While Caring for Those You Love. And she said, to care for those who once cared for us is one of the highest honors. That is so true. I uh, I took care of my grandma. I took care of both my parents, actually, um, during their dying phase. Mm. And, um, you know, there had been family issues and problems as we were growing up and getting into adulthood. Sure. But I stood in great honor of my parents and everything that they had accomplished and who they had been to me. So it was important, it's very pr- important for me to do that. It was. It but, is a privilege to take care of your parents later. But a lot of hard work. They're not yep. little baby creatures. They're they're full grown right. adults with they their need to own opinions and their own oh, yes. attitudes. And yes, so it does take <laughs> a lot of patience. Well, we're privileged this morning to be talking with Laurie Ann Rule, the director of Visiting Angels. And if you have questions and issues and um, you have concerns about your own parents, you should give her a call. And the number is 774-425-3083. Can you provide services, Lorianne, um, having been reached directly by people, or does it have to go through a, a medical hospice? Absolutely not. It, goes dir- it comes directly to us, and we will um, turn around an assessment, which is free, for us to come into the home and evaluate. And, you know, obviously a lot of clients we pick up that way, but... We offer the service just to let family members know what they need, what are the safety issues, and how we can be of help. We probably have, I'm guessing, 20 different articles on caregiving in America. Um, Is the local Visiting Angels chapter, are you looking to recruit people periodically as well? Absolutely, yeah. We're looking right now. we a lot of times what we do is we get clients over the summer that are vacationers. Mm-hmm. Um, family wants to bring them here on vacation, right. but then the caregivers get no vacation. So <laughs> we fill in so they can go about their daily activities and they don't have to worry about mom and dad. But we're always looking for caregivers. So let me ask you a question from a security point of view. I'm sure it's a concern for everybody. Um, I'm assuming that you do background checks on people before you bring them checks, on board? We do drug testing. We're bonded and certified. Yes, we do extensive background checks on people. And those are important things because if you're going to have somebody in your home taking care of your parents, right. you want to know that things are safe and secure and you've checked out the people who are going to be there taking care of them. That's right. Mm. Well, such an important um, service. Um, uh, probably several years ago, I think we had um, – Glenn Machado on the radio as well and talked about this. Yes, we did. Yeah. 
Um, Glenn's a great guy. Glenn's a great guy, but it's more pleasant having you on the radio. Oh. <laughs> you can well, tell thank him you. That. <laughs> no, you can tell him that. <laughs> he'll, probably, he'll probably listen to the show anyway. <laughs> I hope so. But it, it's a, such an important organization. And, and you know, Glenn was on the caregiving end at one point, too. He took care of his mother. Yeah. And he also has taken care of a very dear friend recently who has passed. Mm-hmm. And so his hands-on care is really invaluable to us. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most special things we do. My own mother lived with me for 16 years. We were fortunate we had a little cottage that used to be a chicken coop. And before <laughs> we bought it, it had been converted into a little mini one-bedroom apartment kind of a thing. So she had some autonomy on top of it all. She did, and she also helped take care of our children when they were in high school. And every single morning she would be at the door waving to them, and she knew exactly when the bus came in at night, and she made sure that they got off the bus and she waved to them then, and they visited her. And that whole relationship was very special. That's a valuable gift. It was, but then it became our turn later. That's right. And we did the same. We took her on every vacation we ever went on, and that was a privilege as well. We had a lot of fun on some of those vacations with her, didn't we, Tenny? We did. I remember going to uh, Zion National Park and having her walk in the Virgin River. She was so scared, but she was having such a good time. I remember we went to um, Epcot once, and it was a birthday. She had a birthday cake, and they had a cake with chocolate sprinkles on the top of it. And candles, and when she went to blow out the candles, the chocolate sprinkles went all went over flying. the place, all over everybody. <laughs> and so that was fun. And the waiter thought that was a riot, and he came <laughs> over and started to brush it off her chest, and then he said, Oh, oh. no, madame, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and see, know. those are the kinds of memories that um, stay with you forever and forever. And, and um, we try to, many times the caregivers will be shocked when a diagnosis has come in uh, from mom and whether it's diabetes or whatever and we continue to reinforce that the memories are going to be precious forever and Mm -hmm. continue to make them you know Mm -hmm. even though mom and dad need care they don't need to be coddled necessarily so make sure that you're creating memories along the way sure do you provide services for the caregivers other than respite i think sometimes they have a need for psychological help along they the do way. and it it's more or less that kind of falls on my shoulders so when a family member is having a difficult time um one of my staff will tell me so and i will go over and do some independent counseling and hopefully get them hooked up with what they might need oh long-term. that's very helpful well joan baez once said you don't get to choose how you're going to die or when you can only decide how you're going to live Absolutely. That is the truth. And that's a good mantra for taking care of our family. I'd like to give a a brief tax tip. Um, One of the questions we get asked a lot about is whether the new tax bill has changed the rules for taxation of Social Security benefits. And the short answer is no. Those rules remain the same. Um, If you're concerned or curious about um, how your Social Security benefits are taxed, we'll be happy to provide information. We're also happy to provide something called key tax changes under the new uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, as it's called. And we're going to be talking about that subject as well when we do the Brunch and Learn program next Saturday. And that's next Saturday, uh, August 18th, 10 o'clock in the morning at the offices at um, 
352 Fonts Corner Road. If you're interested in attending, Tenny's going to be talking about Medicaid and how that can be used to protect your home from the nursing home. And more importantly, what are some of the things you can do to protect your assets so they won't be lost to the nursing home and you can leave them to your family? And then I'm going to be talking about some key tax changes. So if you'd like some tax information or if you'd like to know more about the important subject of protecting your house in particular from the nursing home, give us a call, 508-998-8800. We would be happy to uh, have you in attendance at that Brunch and Learn program. Well, I'd like to wrap up by saying that I think that the work that Visiting Angels does is extremely important. The quality of life that we can give to our parents uh, is really a measure of our humanity, isn't it? It absolutely is. And uh, as we used to say in hospice, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. And, you know, don't give up on your elders. Don't think because they are so sick that they've kind of left you already. They haven't. And we can prompt a lot of that uh, with our clients so that there can be more fun, more nurturance Mm -hmm. within the family unit. Yep, and there's a lot of fear that takes place when somebody knows that they're going through end of life. We've had so many client situations, uh, Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance, when we've seen that ourselves, and we've gotten used to being able to talk to clients about that. But the services that Visiting Angels provides is very important. Give Laurieann a call at 774-425-3083. Thank you so much for being with us this morning, Laurieann. It's my my pleasure. Thank you. Attorney Tenny Lance, thank you for being with us. Make arrangements to come to our Brunch and Learn seminar, ladies and gentlemen. Give us a call. And I want to leave you with one final quote uh, as we have been talking about taking care of our families. From Princess Diana, family is the most important thing in the world. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again on the radio next week.